Hello and welcome to the food waste edition of Sleep Money Food, our little mini series on the economics of food. We are this week going to be talking not just about food waste, frankly, but also just about the whole supply chain of the food system and the kind of damage it can do to the environment. And we have Austin Brunyarski, who has written and researched this for years, and we are going to talk about how easy it is to buy less food, to eat more of what we buy, and whether any of that really makes a difference. All that coming up on Slate Money Food. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, this is Dahlia Lithwick, host of Slate's legal podcast, Amicus. If you're listening to this show, you might be interested in Amicus's live show that we're hosting in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday, May the 14th. My colleague, Mark Joseph Stern, and I will be talking to some amazing guests, including Sherilyn Eiffel and a sitting state Supreme Court justice all about how originalism, a relatively recently invented way of interpreting the Constitution, has taken over the Supreme Court and radically reshaped the law. It's been doctrinal rocket fuel for the conservative legal movement and facilitated the rolling back of abortion rights, the expansion of gun rights, and the obliteration of the separation of church and state. And as another wildly consequential Supreme Court term careers to its end, the court's originalists are on a tear. But there's something you can do about it. And we hope you'll join us in D.C. on May 14th to explore the possible pathways out of the current situation. Go to slate.com slash amicus live for tickets. Okay, so we're going to talk about food waste. Austin, tell me um, who you are and what you know about this subject. So I am a writer and a researcher with a background in food systems. I live in New Haven, Connecticut, where I'm also involved in a number of community-based uh, food systems efforts, uh, including our Food Policy Council. My interest and fascination with food waste um, came about uh, as a student of food systems and um, was the topic of my graduate school work. Okay, so let's start with some of the things that we know about food waste, which is often presented in in sexy infographics. This seems to be one of the most infographic-friendly subjects in the world. Completely. And the things that we know is that we throw out a bunch of perfectly good food, we being both families and restaurants, and that this is 
bad on multiple levels. It's bad for the planet. It's bad for our budgets. Like, what is the point of spending good money on food if you're just going to throw it out? It's bad for things like creating large numbers of rats on the street of New York because the rats love to eat all of the food in the garbage bags. There's any number of reasons why this is bad. And the obvious solution to this is that we should just stop throwing it out and start eating it instead. This is easy, right? So that's what I think. <laughs> that's what I think we're led to believe, and that's what I think um, is the the dominant narrative uh, out there. I think it is a narrative that I was certainly uh, enrolled into and um, very interested in and very concerned with. Um, I first sort of got engaged with the issue of food waste uh, while working at a legal clinic that focuses on. Uh, thinking about how law and policy can reduce this massive food waste problem. And uh, sort of over the course of thinking about why is it that this issue is is seemingly so common sense and is seemingly so obvious, I, I wanted to wonder, like, who are the losers um, in this supposedly win, 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 people, planet, profit, problem diagnosis? And so... A lot of what I write about is is sort of trying to poke holes into this crystallization of the problem of food waste. So let's start with that. Let's start with a bit of hole poking. And let's let's start on just a really basic kind of household finance level. If I have a smaller fridge and I go shopping more frequently, and I take care to eat all of the food that I buy and not waste the food that I buy, and I pay less attention to meaningless expiration dates, and I pay more attention to my nose in terms of trying yeah. to work out whether food is good or bad. Is there any hole to be poked in that? It seems to me that saves me money, and it also reduces um, food waste. Is there is there a hole to be poked in that part of the spectrum? Not necessarily. I think in, in writing about these issues and thinking about my own sort of food and eating practices, right? Like I do not relish in throwing away food that I could have eaten, you know, earlier that week, um, for example. Um, I think where things do get sort of tricky is when we start to link, I use the phrase more judicious uh, household practices or um, more belabored efforts to reduce our own personal um, throwing away of food to like broader environmental or public health or social claims that our own individual actions um, may not actually realize or affect that much. Okay, so let's let's come to those in a second. But let me just stick sure. with the, the individual household for, for a bit. We had an earlier episode in this series about Costco. Is Costco part of the problem here? Do, do stores like Costco encourage people to buy too much food? And in, when people buy too much food, one of the consequences of that is that they waste food. Is Costco a bad thing from a food waste perspective? I, I guess I'm not sure if that's even the right question to be asking. <laughs> I think the most like radical argument that I um, want to try to make in my piece in the outline, right, is that of all of the problems we could be thinking about in terms of how our food systems are structured, being so concerned with 
that so much food gets thrown away in this country is maybe not as important as thinking about things that affect people's lives uh, or that, you know, generate injustices within our within our food system. So there are these very interesting questions to be had about like who is culpable? Is it is it individuals not being scrappy enough? Or is it places like Costco who allow us to buy so much food? But I, I sort of think it's beside the point. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. So what is the big point here? Are you saying that there are things that are more important than food waste? Or are you saying that we're thinking about food waste in the wrong way? I think I'm leaning more towards the former and not the latter. And I don't deny, right, the material reality that in in the United States and around the world, more food is grown or produced or moves along supply chains than is eaten. The numbers back that up. What I am interested in is both who is responsible, like who are the actors responsible for making this issue as sexy as it has become, who has been sort of manufacturing the conversation such that it has gotten as much attention as it has, And who benefits when the problem is seen as this oftentimes more technical problem of how do we waste less food? What's interesting to me, too, is how um, this problem becomes one of climate change and environmental concerns on one hand and social concerns around food insecurity on the other. And so um, in sort of poking holes in the more sort of like halo effect associations that get linked to food waste, how, how might a, a corporation benefit when the problem of both climate and, and hunger are seen as technical problems that we might affiliate with food waste? And, and what other potentially richer problem diagnoses get lost when food waste gets all the attention? Is your theory basically that there's a kind of zero-sum game of social justice in some level and that the more attention we pay to food waste, the less attention we pay to things that are possibly more urgent or more important? Yes. And and I don't think it's so cut and dry as to be a zero-sum game. But if all of the, the resources and the human power and the philanthropic dollars and um, venture capital funding, like all of the resources that are getting poured into solving this very solvable, allegedly problem of food waste. Like what if those all went somewhere else? So let's let's dig into that. Sure. A bit. Like number one, give me an example of how big the sort of food waste industrial complex is. Like you, you seem to be a little bit upset that people are spending so much attention talking about this and thinking about this and throwing philanthropic money at this problem like how big is that like especially compared to the sheer size of food and agriculture in in the economy how much of that is 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 devoted to trying to tackle the problem of food waste and and to to ask the question which you asked earlier like who is benefiting from all of the money and attention that is 
being paid to this food waste issue? Yeah, so I think um, I'll be I'll be candid. I haven't done the nitty gritty quantitative work to to know with precise percentages like what proportion of the sort of food policy or broader academic even food systems conversation is about food waste. Um, but, you know, there has been reporting in places like Forbes that hundreds of millions of dollars of philanthropic money has has gone into food waste research, like a lot of the major um, anti-hunger organizations and networks in the U.S. have sort of like in-house food waste job titles or really foreground this food waste conversation in their marketing materials. So I would suggest that corporate actors in particular are benefiting from a lot of the attention, the, the foods, food conversations attention on food waste specifically. One example is a lot of supermarkets have hopped on the food waste bandwagon, right? Not only are they saying that they are doing good by the environment and reporting in their sustainability reports that they're reducing food waste along their supply chains, um, but they're also making claims that they're feeding their communities by redistributing food that doesn't get sold to local food banks, for example. Hello, I'm Imi Harper. On the slow newscast from Tortoise, I tell the story of how a Hong Kong billionaire was silenced. I got bombs thrown into my house. I got people camp here, ransacked my computer. And I, I got people fractured me. I got this and that, but I'm safe. And what it reveals about the freedoms Hong Kong no longer enjoys. Listen to Hong Kong's Rebel Billionaire on the Slow Newscast, wherever you get your podcasts. So I, I think... There are two different things you're saying here, and I want to sort of tease them apart. One is that supermarkets should be doing more than they're doing. You know, th there's always more you can do, and we can agree on that. The, the second is that there's a hole in the food waste argument to be poked. And I'm I'm particularly interested in that. Um, what What is the fallacy of the food waste argument? Where, where when, when Kroger says it's trying to reduce food waste, or even better, it's succeeding in reducing food waste. Is there anything inside like the four corners of that argument that is fallacious or that you can be poking holes in? There are a couple of things I want to say to that. The first is that is again, a sort of like disclaimer that I think, you know, to reduce food waste, to reduce food going into a landfill is better than not trying to do that at all. And I say that because when food enters the waste stream and ends up in a landfill, it digests anaerobically and produces methane, which is a very potent greenhouse gas that then contributes to climate change. I think uh, the World Wildlife Fund um, uses the stat that about 11% of greenhouse gas emissions, broadly, of those attributed to the food system come from food waste. And then it's sort of, there's a wide range of how, of what percentage of um, emissions globally come from food production and food systems, but it's anywhere from like a third to half of worldwide emissions, depending on who you ask. So I say that, right, to say that 11% of emissions attributable to food waste is significant, but I think there are also potential, like, it, it's it's not the only thing, right? And there are other 
other things that I think, other approaches to addressing the, the intersection of climate and food that get lost when the concentration is is entirely on. So so you're not really poking holes in that 11%, in, in the argument that the 11% is like the low-hanging fruit here. You're just saying that by concentrating on the 11%, you're ignoring the 89%. Well, so, and then even within the 11%, right, I think um, the what's interesting is that the object of scrutiny is like wasted food itself. It, it is like the current system we have. That is why that, uh, that 11% exists, why those methane emissions come into being. And that would not necessarily be the case if food, when it entered a waste stream, um, was composted, or if it was potentially composted at home, or um, if there were more efforts municipally to have curbside pickup of things like household food scraps, or if major supermarkets who or, or restaurants who do produce a lot of food waste um, had a way to divert it from landfills, then it could be processed in a way that would not be nearly as environmentally deleterious. But but in the sort of broader food waste conversation, it's, it's like the fact that f- so much food goes uneaten rather than where it lands, basically, is the object of scrutiny. And I think that has a lot of like consequences in dreaming up solutions to that problem. And then, and then the last hole I want to poke is that food waste's bigness is what I think gives it so much purchase in, in policy conversations and everyday conversation as well. And so there, like with that come a lot of sort of statistical memes of how you know, if food waste were a country, you know, it would produce greenhouse gas emissions after China and the U.S. And the way that that figure is derived, right, is to not only account for the greenhouse gas emissions that come from the material decomposition of uneaten food, but it also sort of includes all of the carbon emissions that are attributable to food production and transportation and distribution and consumption across the food supply chain, such that like an entire supply chain's worth of carbon emissions are indexed in a single watermelon rind, for example. And I want to argue that actually doing like pickling and eating that watermelon rind does not necessarily undo or negate the environmental impacts of that watermelon across the food supply chain. Which just leaves me with this kind of weirdly unsatisfied feeling in terms of what, what, you know, the, what you might call a call to action. Like on some level, I feel like it's something I can get my brain around is to say, you know, open up that package of bacon before you throw it out because it, is apparently expired and just give it a sniff and if it smells fine then just eat it because it's fine and that's something i can do and that feels good and it feels like a good thing to do and i i you know and if millions of americans do that at the same time ultimately that's positive sure. versus on the other hand you know a much more inchoate kind of like well we should all get involved in electoral politics and electing you know, people with social justice on their minds who will implement changes to the grand bargain between capital and labor such that workers will blah, 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 blah. And like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm I, not trying to belittle the importance of 
being politically active. But the fact is that the vast majority of Americans are not politically active. And for the 99% of Americans who are not politically active, it seems that you're saying, well, yeah, you know, anything you happen to do with your fridge or your supermarket is, uh, you know, the one thing you were doing is like, oh, never mind that. The only thing you can do is become one of that 1% of Americans who is politically active. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I, I struggle with this as well, right? I think part of the reason that food waste has gotten so much attention is because it is so actionable at the individual level, and it feels really good, right? There's this like affective benefit we get when we are when we feel like we're doing our part. Perhaps I would want to suggest that one of the reasons that people aren't as you know capital P politically active is as they might be otherwise, is because we've been led to believe that, like, these sorts of, not necessarily myopic, but just, like, very close-to-home actions are are a replacement for um, making broader demands of what the systems we live in uh, might look like. So I had this idea, and I think, in a weird way, you're agreeing with me, that food waste is something that can cut across um, political divides. It's something which you find Republicans and Democrats both saying the same thing. It's something which can cut across economic divides. It's something which can benefit poor people as much as it can benefit rich people. Like Everyone saves money if they spend less money on food. It's not politically valent in the way that the social justice issues that you're talking about are politically valent, and it doesn't divide us in the way that the issues that you're talking about do divide us politically. And you're saying that that's a sign of how sort of weak tea it is, and I'm looking at it maybe a little bit more hopefully and saying, well, that's a sign that perhaps there might be some kind of consensus here and ability to get something done. And I think the way I just want to finish this is by asking, is even that a little bit too much to hope? Because I've been seeing discussions about food waste for decades, and there's been a lot of talk about, you know, trying to reduce food waste for decades. And I guess putting all of the political considerations aside and just concentrating on the you know, the narrow issue of food waste, have we actually, for all of the consensus and for all of the agreement across the aisle and for all that the big evil corporations have bought into this, have we actually moved the needle on food waste? If we, are we, is there any indication that even something as, even such low-hanging fruit as food waste can be solved? This is a solvable problem. Have we actually made any moves towards solving it? So that is also something I'm not necessarily as well equipped to answer. I would wager that not very many people are, just given the scale and scope of the problem. And we didn't get into it, but it's, you know, I find the way in which the numbers we used to understand food waste as a problem in the first place are sort of debatable, or there's like a lot of boundary drawing involved and judgment calls being made that don't necessarily cast doubt, but at least deserve a little bit more scrutiny. And so um, I'm really not quite sure. I think if we use the attention that food waste has gotten and, you know, the number of startups or the number of uh, nonprofits that have been, that have sort of precipitated in the wake of this food waste fervor as any indication that 
we are making inroads on this issue, then sure, I think potentially food that would have otherwise been rotting in a landfill made its way somewhere else with relatively marginal uh, environmental and or social benefits. But I I just do want to say, I think you are correct in my more, I guess, cynical uh, take on, on the fact that like, Maybe, maybe it is a problem or maybe, maybe it is time for pausing and scrutinizing that, you know, everyone is so into food waste or that it is such an agreeable thing. You don't have to take a side. So of of course it's an easy win. Sometimes easy wins aren't quite as easy as they look. Um, Austin, thank you for joining us. Thanks so much. Interesting. slots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time (gasps) no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.